This is the Engines of Our Ingenuity, made possible by the friends of KUHF Houston. Today, David Hume dissects a problem. The University of Houston presents this program about the machines that make our civilization run and the people whose ingenuity created them. We're all adept at forming opinions and making pronouncements. For example, here are some random comments you might well overhear while eavesdropping. 1. Humans are clearly omnivorous, so we ought to eat meat. 2. Killing animals is cruel, so we shouldn't eat meat. A couple more. Most people cheat a little on their taxes, so you ought to as well. Or, most people cheat on their taxes, so you ought to set an example and be scrupulously honest. Now, don't worry, this show is not about the pros and cons of vegetarianism or propaganda from the IRS. You're welcome to endorse or reject any of these statements. But I'd just like to point out that none of them would get a passing grade from the 18th century Scottish philosopher David Hume. He would tell us all these assertions are non-sequiturs masquerading as logic. The is part of each sentence describes something real, but the ought that follows... Well, something imaginary or hypothetical that the speaker suggests might be a good thing. We combine is and ought all the time, but to Hume they're like oil and water, unmixable. Instead, every moralistic judgment we make contains unspoken assumptions, reflecting mostly the worldview of the speaker. For example, our first taxpayer may believe the best thing is to pay the government as little as possible. For the second, following the rules is what matters. Oughts and words like should require far more supporting data than merely describing what is, and, as we've noted, multiple oughts can be derived from a single is. This led to Hume's somewhat drastic conclusion. Strictly speaking, there is no way for us to get from is to ought. Hume's observation troubled his contemporaries, and they struggled to refute it. Well then, where do moral oughts come from, they ask, if we can't reason them out from what is? An obvious answer is they're divinely inspired, no questions needed. But Hume politely disagreed. He felt morality came not from reason or divine mandate, but from emotions, that which excites our passions to motivate moral actions. Hume's approach was psychological, some would say modern, since he examined ethical claims from a human point of view. His ideas figured large in the English Enlightenment, and in turn in the ideals forming our new nation. Thomas Jefferson's nebulous phrase, the pursuit of happiness, is a moral ought that David Hume would likely approve. Once your ears are attuned to is-ought statements, you'll start hearing them everywhere. Life is short. You should seize the moment. You're having a midlife crisis. You should get a Ferrari. On and on, each pithy sentiment containing a suitcase full of values and suppositions. Hume's law is sometimes called Hume's guillotine since it severed the is-ought connection. But I think it could also be called Hume's baggage check-in. I'm envisioning the powdered-wig Scotsman meeting me at the ticket counter. Any particular assumptions to unpack, he asks. No, just the usual ones, I reply. Just my own. And now, since the show is over, I really ought to go. This is Roger Caza from the University of Houston, where we're interested in the way inventive minds work. (laughs) 